Morning's here, the morning's here, sunshine is here, the sky is clear, the morning's here, get into gear, breakfast is near, the dark of night has disappeared. Good morning, my brothers and sisters, and welcome to the third inaugural episode of the Good Morning Guys podcast. As we continue to discuss the game of life, Amidst the other games we love, like sports and video games, I'm one of your hosts, the professional PlayStation Platinum Trophy Hunter, Lucas Ham. Also with me are the aspiring and inspiring manager of managers, Patrick Novosel. What's up, man? That was nice. I really liked that beginning there. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> the future beat writer for the Cleveland, nope, the Cincinnati Reds, Ronnie Johantis. My Hello. Bad. And last but certainly not least, our only hope of resurrecting Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Mark Boucher. Good morning. Hope you all are feeling some good vibrations in here. (laughs) (laughs) And I seriously hope that NBC does not sue us for for that that intro that we just had. We might just find (laughs) out sooner or later. (laughs) Anywho, thanks for joining us on this fine morning, afternoon, evening, or night. If this is your first time joining us, feel free to check out our first two podcasts where we introduced ourselves, talked about why we started a podcast, and shared about our current occupations, childhood dream jobs, and what inspired us to get out of bed every single weekday and work for a living. So as we've done every week since last week, Let's start things out by gathering around the old water cooler and giving some updates on the highs, lows, and in-betweens of our lives this past week. Who wants to lead the way? I'll go ahead and start this time. Start it up, Ronnie. Um, so, pretty normal weekend, I think. Uh, our Bengals finally lost, which is rough. Uh, they're 2-1 now. Uh, normal volleyball. Um, working out. And then, uh, other than that, been pretty good for me. I uh, am in the process of getting my home office set up, so as I do this podcast, I am sitting amongst the rubble, uh, which is <laughs> left over. Uh, my desk isn't entirely um, screwed down just yet, but I did manage to get the countertop on at least so we can do this. So that is the good news here. Um, nice. Where, where did progress, you get your, man. Your, your desk? I got my desk from Office Depot. I got it on sale for 197 which was a steal. Uh, so I this episode is sponsored by Office Depot. We just talked about trying to get new laptops. I mean, this is the way to go, fellas. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, but other than that, everything is going very well. I did buy a nice computer chair, so I'm not going to be struggling like I was last time. Nice. How about you, How about you Mr. Patrick Novosel? So over the weekend, uh, I was supposed to go camping, but I did not because – Clark got sick. So instead instead of the entire family staying home, I stayed home with Clark as he was sick. So my wife and my daughter were able to go camping without me. However, However. (laughs) it rained on them the entire time. So they weren't able to go hiking. They weren't able to have a fire. They weren't really able to do anything. While they were oh, camping, man. they said it was the most miserable camping trip that they've ever been on. So That's while terrible. they were, I know, right? Um, 
I think it was la- last time earlier this year when we went camping and we were in, it was uh, in July and it was nice. It was 70 degrees the entire weekend. It was phenomenal for a weekend in July. But so it happens to be where, you know, you get the good with the bad. So um, so that was that's that stunk for them. But while while Clark and I were home, you know, he was lethargic and he didn't really want to do anything. So we we just sat on the couch and watched a couple movies. So what we watched was Wally and Ratatouille. Two hey. homework. <laughs> yeah, two yeah. homework is assignments. initiated. Okay, so I'm gonna give my thoughts about Wally first. So Let's Wally, <laughs> fat guys in floating chairs. Come on, it's more than that. Come Did on. I not tell you? <laughs> Okay, so it start start off. I see Wally, and I'm like, "Wow, that totally looks like Johnny Five from Short Circuit." Seriously, Johnny Five is alive. No disassemble. More, in- <laughs> more input. No, seriously, there's a lot of similarities between that, but um, it was it was okay. Uh, there was not a lot of not a lot of dialogue. There was just more like, I, I at first I didn't know if his friend Eve was named Eve. Or Eva, because Wally kept saying Eva, Eva. I'm like, what in the world? I thought his name was Eve. But anyways, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> it is Eve, by the way. <laughs> why, why you got to give Wally a hard time? He's got a speech impediment. Okay. So just, just give a break. So I'm you're, you're well, I'm watching the beginning of it, and the whole thing is they're trying. I guess they're trying to find some sort of plant life, or so the so these humans can come come back from space and re inhabit this Earth. Uh, However, when you see what they have on this ship in space, why in the world would they want to go back to Earth where there is a ton of garbage still? I don't understand. They had they have all these electronics. They have all the food they want. I mean, they've been up there for 700 years. And they're still living up there. I don't I don't I don't understand why they would want want, want to go back to Earth. Earth, but but anyways, uh yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't understand at all. It was a, uh, I don't, when you when you said in the first episode that uh, about the prophecy of Wally, were you talking about where they we just become lazy people who don't communicate with each other, who are in front of the screens all the time? Was that, that your prophecy? Correct. So so I got that. You know, it, it was kind of a play on the society and the day and the age we live in, of people just in front of their screens all the time being lazy i get it but it was not a good movie oh, oh come on you're breaking <laughs> my heart patrick you're breaking my heart i gotta be honest so everything that i've heard about this movie so far i think i'm the last of the four to not have done this assignment and i am gonna go ahead and pass on this one i will make it up i will make it up in the final uh, patrick look what you did <laughs> well okay so uh wally's uh friend throughout the entire well the beginning maybe then the in the end was this little bug it's a cockroach it was a cockroach yeah man i don't know what cockroach looks he like. fed it a twinkie yeah that's totally a cockroach <laughs> yeah okay so uh so this huge friendship between a robot and a cockroach that's not the focus of the movie come on man you're <laughs> just killing the, me. just the first God, third. this movie sounds great no right. i mean there's so to, to me to me there's a there's some there's better pixar movies uh, All right. However, so you struck out. We struck out with Wally, but how about Ratatouille? So, Ratatouille. It was it was a cute movie. 
um, there was there was a it was that was about it. <laughs> there was more dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you couldn't so you couldn't handle so the, the silence of Wally, but hey, Ratatouille, they talked all the time. Well, the beginning the beginning was funny when these rats, this family of rats, are running around trying to steal food from this grandma, but <laughs> but the rest of the movie. He's making food for humans. He's touching all the food. He's getting in the pantry. He's getting in the freezer. And he's making food. I mean, I don't know if you know, but rats carry diseases. Like He washed dis- his hands. Like- they showed him wash his hands multiple times. Yeah, Come and on. most of the time they had Linguini doing it. So. And he was okay. a different rat. Okay, so I suspended my disbelief <laughs> for, from this. For really? just a little, for a little bit. Just a little right. bit. I, I tried. I drew. I really tried. Uh, the story is about this unlikely duo between this linguini guy and this rat, uh, and and then it just takes a crazy turn where this rat figures out that if he pulls this linguini character's hair, he can he can move his arms. He can move them around. I, yeah, I, <laughs> makes sense to me. Nerve oh, yes. connections, <laughs> spinal cord, brain. It's right next to the brain. Oh man! It's like one of those but, dragons uh, on yeah. Avatar. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about. I didn't know about this movie either. <laughs> but what you did say uh, from your from the last episode when you said um, not everyone can be a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. I mean, that was a pretty cool uh, speech. Pretty cool saying uh, that. I mean, if you follow your passions, you know, you can pretty much do. Do what you want. Great artists, so great artists can come from anywhere, even the sewer. So, so I mean, it was it was a good story within a weird packaging. Well, yeah. I'll admit that the whole rats making food is really gross, <laughs> but you just have to admit with Pixar movies, even though they have like weird things they do, they just they always have this nugget of truth or this little moral of the story that I just think connects with all ages and it's really good but I, I you know to each their own Pixar yeah. is art so everybody interprets it a different way and focuses on different things so I appreciate you trying man so For yeah sure. was that was Wally and Ratatouille when was that in the Pixar um, timeline was that before like Toy Story or is that post Toy Story well, that's all time? that's all post so they're both because yeah they're both post original Toy Story, and I think they're both post Toy Story two, Correct. but I think they both bec- they both came before Toy Story three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, yeah, I, I must have I saw Toy Story the Toy Story movies, but I never never saw Wally or Ratatouille. I guess they fell off the wayside. I mean, they were they came out when what when was it? when was I like twenty? So I had other things on my mind. I guess at yeah. that time, you were um, too. You're too yeah. good for animated <laughs> too stuff. Too good for Wally. Yeah. <laughs> too good for Wally. <laughs> uh, but on the on the gaming front, I played uh, the Batman season two. Yeah, you did. Uh, the Enemy Within. Uh, played all all five uh, episodes this past week, and that was awesome. Now, I don't know how many Telltale games you've played, but what I what I did, what I like to do, was when I'm playing those Telltale games, is because you can choose your own adventure. I chose the the weirdest off the wall answers whenever I was given the option. So whenever I was given the option to become friends with, with Joker or say nice things to Joker, I did. 
whenever I was given the option to side with the villains rather than heroes, I did. When nice. <laughs> there, there was there was one part where uh, one of the options was when I, when Riddler was was dead right in front of me. One of the options was poke him. So I poked him, and then the person right next to me who was who was watching me, some sort of cop, she looks at me, gives me a weird face, like, "Why'd you just poke him?" <laughs> and the guy just <laughs> Batman just shrug, just shrugs. <laughs> I'm Batman. I yeah. can poke. So that was a good that was a good uh, a good time. I really liked the Batman season season two. I played both season one and season two, so they, they were both good. Um, I also played uh, Overwatch. I play Overwatch uh, on Monday. Every Monday with with Lem, with Eric Thompson, and everything, and I have to mention Eric Thompson because yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, he's been trying to keep me honest because I haven't talked about Overwatch these past two weeks, and he's right because <laughs> I play Overwatch two to three times per week, and I play it with Eric, and he's he's my healer. I don't know if you've played Overwatch before, but they're all there's the different uh, classes. There's like healers, there's uh, DPS damage per second, and then there's tanks who take all take all the damage, but. But he's my healer. He heals me as I get into the action. So he gives all the good call-outs. He does tremendous work with Mercy, and he's, he's an absolute joy to play with. So I had to give a shout-out to him. Um, and then lastly, I played uh, this new event mode in PUBG with Mark on Saturday night. Yeah. And this, yeah, this, so PUBG, it's a, it's a, you play against uh, 99 other people, 100 people on, the, on this map, and you're supposed to be the last one to survive. However, this event mode, it's two teams of 10, and your goal is to get 50 kills as a team in this small little circle of the entire map. Um, and in Mark and I's first match in the event mode, we got the 50 kills, and we got that chicken dinner. Nice. So it felt, well done. Yeah. It felt like, uh, felt like old times. It's probably the easiest chicken dinner I ever got. <laughs> well yeah when you got a team of 10 yeah. i mean yeah there's a lot there's a lot of action I mean, you drop with level three armor level three helmet health a a, a gun that you normally would get from a, a a loot drop one of the plane drops so you start off with some sweet gear and a sweet gun and you're into the action right away so that was pretty fun cool uh but yeah that's uh that's about it for me how about you mark well, most of my week was pretty much the, the normal grind, the 9 to 5, and all the normal stuff that goes on within a week. Um, uh, definitely definitely played uh, that, that war mode with with Patrick, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's something to definitely tide us over until, you know, the, the blackout comes out, uh, and PUBG will effectively be dead, but... Um, in any case, like I, I enjoyed it and it's, it's, it's kind of like they threw a little call of duty into PUBG, uh, and it was very enjoyable. So, and, and it was much yeah. easier for me to get kills. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and obviously I always enjoy playing with, with Patrick. Um, yeah, what's great about that is because we were, we were able to respawn. So once you die, it was, the match wasn't over. Once you die, you respawn and you fly back into the map. So that was that's how you kept uh, kept getting into the action, which was way more. You get to gather all new weapons when you drop. No, them? you start with weapons. Oh, how about that? Yeah, yeah. Every time you actually start with uh, a pretty decent gun. Uh, you start with uh, you actually have a first aid kit that they start you with. Uh, Trying to think what else they. Get you started with. Yeah, you start with the guns are like the, the Gorza, the M24, 
all, all the guns that you start with that you would find in like loot boxes uh, that the planes drop. Yep. So uh, so that was awesome. And Friday, uh, I actually had Friday off, so I got to participate in No Work No Work Fridays with uh, Mr. Ed Placencia and Patrick was there among several others. And I got to <laughs> I did this little mic drop. Basically, I I, uh, I won the first game, and then I I, I just like okay, I gotta for, go. For those who don't don't know, what is what is No Work Friday? So. If, if you guys aren't familiar with uh, Married to the Games at all, uh, there's a guy on the show. His name is Ed Placencia. Uh, he has been really getting into Twitch streaming lately. And every Friday, uh, about midday, like 1 o'clock, um, he'll just start streaming uh, one of the Jackbox Party Packs, which is like a, diff- a collection of different like little party games that you can play Um on a, on a console, but also through your smartphone. The smartphone is the controller. And so he does this every Friday, and he has some regulars that, that come through and, and play. Most most days, uh, most Fridays I have to work, but uh, I didn't have to work this Friday, so I got to jump in. And I won the first game, and then I dropped the mic and left. <laughs> yeah, you bounced. Yeah, you I had to go out on top. Yeah, I had to... I had some errands I had to run, but Saturday uh, was pretty much a, a pretty chill day for the most part, and uh, Saturday was our, our normal get-together with uh, my wife's family. We, we go out to the Mexican restaurant here in town, which is always good, and uh, I, I tend to... I, I'm a creature of habit, and so... I tend to always order the same thing whenever I go to this restaurant. And uh, my father-in-law was like, no, this time everybody has to order something different. They have to order something they don't normally order. So uh, I did, uh, which was funny because I basically ordered what I normally order wrapped in a burrito. So (laughs) hey, it counted, though. He he let it slide. Finding that loophole. <laughs> but everything was good, of course. And then Sunday was normal church stuff. Uh, one of one of the kids in the youth group, her birthday was on Sunday. And we had originally had an activity planned the Saturday before. But uh, we had to postpone it. And so in light of that, we I wanted to make sure we had at least one fun time activity uh, I could take the kids to, and so we went to the local bowling alley, which I haven't been bowling in forever. Now this place is like bowling, go karts, laser tag, all that kind of stuff. Oh, so like a big, huge event. Center. Yeah. Uh, so I took them there, and they had a blast. I hadn't, I hadn't bowled in like five years, and I, I wasn't. When I first started, I was I was pretty sucky at it. And so I, I have to I have to admit I, I turned the bumpers on. So <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Wow. Did you even have kids with you to blame it on or did you just were like, uh, I'm just gonna put these up right here? Yeah, I was basically like, I, I kinda wanna have a good time. So I'm just gonna <laughs> I don't I'm care. just gonna put these bumpers up. Yeah, I don't I don't care. Nobody's gonna judge me. So yeah, I put them up. And the funny thing is like once I once I put the bumpers up, 
I actually started bowling better. Like I wasn't constantly hitting the bumpers. I was actually bowling it straight. <laughs> so it's like I needed those boundaries. Um, so, but yeah, that was a that was a fun time. And then uh, Sunday night, uh, my my in laws had uh, had dinner at their house this time, and uh, my mother in law made this chicken that was wrapped in bacon and cheese oh, i'm in i'll be over <laughs> but you're gonna say wrapped in a burrito no <laughs> negative <laughs> negative goes right uh but no wrapped in it was wrapped in bacon and it had cheese on it and it was like some kind of um barbecue rub or, or something that uh that my father-in-law put on it and it was my mouth is water so he actually uh in some of them he put uh, um wow what did he put in there jalapenos uh, inside inside the chicken and, and also some sort of like cheesy type stuff in inside of the of the of the chicken like like the hot jalapenos or is it just regular jalapenos I would assume hot jalapenos because they're all about that so wait are there are there jalapenos you can like dehotify yeah like, I didn't know this was just, a thing either they're like green peppers or you just have weak ones work? different levels of jalapenos yeah yeah, these were like next level jalapeno. I mean, I don't know because I didn't get one because I am a wimp when it comes to spicy foods, so I won't touch that. Uh, so my my mother-in-law was nice enough to make some without jalapenos in them. Oh, yeah. oh she, isn't that sweet? She loves me. <laughs> uh, using the bumpers using the bumpers to bowl and then using grandma to make you food that you want. <laughs> but, Come on, uh, Mark. <laughs> safe lifestyle you're living sir and a beautiful one it is but uh yeah we had a great time we had like i said we had the chicken and and uh we had um, potato wedges and all that all that kind of stuff and played some more uh, exploding kittens so that was awesome and then it was back to the regular work grind on monday and on I think I pretty much covered the gaming. For, I did move the needle some on Spider-Man, and did some did some streaming with that up on our uh, Good Morning Guys YouTube channel. So yeah, you, you did. You and you and Pat have been streaming Mad Men lately. Yeah, I figured I'd jump back, jump into it, and it it, it sort of I don't know why because Spider-Man is an awesome game. It's just for some reason. I just sometimes I just when I get home I just want to chill and watch other people game like I'll watch Twitch and yeah. I really need to move the needle and so this sort of motivates me even more to keep going with the games that I'm playing is like well I stream it so then then it motivates me to to keep going and then I actually get into the game and I was like oh yeah why am I not playing this game <laughs> um, so I, yeah I did a couple of streams with with Spider-Man and uh, I was also playing a little bit of uh, Rise of the not Rise of the Tomb Raider Shadow of the Tomb Raider, uh, which which has been it's been good so far. Now I, I listened to the I believe it was the latest episode of Married to the Games where uh, Ed was talking about uh, Lara's face and and her hair and they they kind of iffy and he pointed that what's wrong what's wrong with it 
it's just look it just looks like they didn't really spend a lot of, a whole lot of time on Lara as much as they should it was like which oh, doesn't make sense cuz that's that, the person that, you look at the most right yeah it's like the the landscapes and everything look amazing they look beautiful and then Lara's like oh yeah i forgot Lara Croft is in this game so it's like ps1 oh. style polygonal <laughs> face I wouldn't go that far, but it's like okay. it's like that's good. It's like PS3, I would say, maybe a little better than PS3. I just feel like they could have put a little bit more effort into her. Um, but that being said, it's it's the Tomb Raider, you know, style of games that I'm I'm happy with. I enjoy playing those types of games, and the story's interesting. So uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that. So. And that is about me, and I feel like about it, and I feel like I've been talking way too long. Nah, man. Nah, man, it was only like 8 minutes and 47 seconds. It's all good. That was my target. (laughs) Just counting. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, for me, uh, I've been working from home as usual. I've been working a little extra hard uh, this past week, uh, in part because this past Sunday I preached in Portuguese for the first time in a while. Um, and let me tell you, that is not for the faint of heart. Uh, preaching in another language is, is, I mean, just talking in another language with everybody staring at you and trying to like process what you need to say and, you know, say it with feeling and emotion, not just kind of say what you've written down on a piece of paper. It is not easy. And so I spent a good bit of last week, you know, kind of I have, to, I have to write out what I'm going to say in English, and then I translate it to Portuguese, and then I read it over and over again in Portuguese and really try to internalize it. So that kept me busy part of last week. And then the rest of the time, I've been working hard to get ready because I'm traveling to the U.S. of A. Whoop, whoop, tomorrow. Coming stateside. Yeah. So Come tomorrow I'm going to be – I'm g- <laughs> I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be uh, jumping on a plane tomorrow night, going to uh, Ohio, and I'll be in Ohio for about a week, more or less. And then I'll be driving down to West Virginia uh, for another four or five days. So I'll be in the U.S. about 10, 11 days, I think, almost almost a week. And during that time, I'll be going to a work and witness conference, a ministry conference for missions. Um, I'll be visiting family and friends, meeting with churches and those kind of things. And also, I'm going to be meeting with some brothers and sisters of mine. We're going to be having an MTTG meetup. Yeah, man. This Saturday from 3. I think it's from 3 until the sun comes up, right? Right. There's no end time. Or until we get kicked out of the 101 Beat Kitchen in (laughs) Gahanna, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) I think think they... uh, they close at 11, so we're going to move somewhere else. Till the Olive Garden closes at 10 o'clock. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll stay till 11.01. But anyways, if anybody, if anybody's living in the Ohio area and you want to join us, this is a MTTG GMG crossover event. We're going to be meeting up with some of the guys that we guys and girls that we uh, have gotten to know over the years with the Married to the Games podcast. So I am super pumped to see all these people in real life. Jealous. Um, yes. Yeah, and sorry, Mark, that you you got to live all the way down there in Virginia. 
yeah. if you would have just moved to the right Virginia some years ago, and uh, you would have been a lot closer. <laughs> the right living that West Virginia. <laughs> the right. The right Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> 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 so, anyways, besides the travels that I have coming up uh, this past week, I did, of course, a little bit of streaming and some gaming as I've continued to do that good old Rayman Legends grinding of getting those daily challenges. In fact, I forgot to do my challenges today, so actually I, I think I'm going to have to take a break from the podcast to do that real quick. Let's go and, and do it I'll on air right while back. we wait. Just give me like, yeah, that, if you guys don't mind waiting while I do it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we'll, we'll all pause. It'll be like one of those streams. We'll pause. Okay, and now we're back. I just <laughs> got a silver and a gold. <laughs> no. uh, but... Other than doing the Rayman Legends grinding, I, I actually played a couple rounds of golf, Everybody's Golf, with Mark Schopfer. Uh, he's known oh, by nice. MLS Chop. It's not actually MLS Chop, but everybody calls him that on Twitter. I know. I absolutely love that because that's not the what it's supposed to say. <laughs> no. I love it. <laughs> no, his name's Schopfer. And when I started talking to him, I'm like, hey, how's it going, Mark Schopfer? Schopf? Wait, what's your name? <laughs> He's like chop, shop for. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just call you MLS Chop, so it works. I just thought he was into so- to soccer and karate. You know, MLS yeah, exactly. Chop. Soccer and karate. It made sense <laughs> to me. Karate, soccer, <laughs> yeah, but I uh, I Twitch stream that, and my thought was I could start a like an interview streaming kind of deal, and so I recorded. We talked together. Then I uploaded it to YouTube, and then the next day I checked the audio, and it's just me talking. There's nobody <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought, I thought man. Since, I thought since we were in a party that it would record everybody's audio, but it most certainly you, did not. And so it's just what me. What you got to do is you got to turn it on, and they have to, like, also turn their party on so you can capture their audio. Yeah. Uh, did you do it on a PS4? Yeah, I did it on a PS4. Yeah, you have to go in manually and do that every time you broadcast fair enough you'd have to do it every time yeah i think you have to do it every time it all right save i don't think it would save well you guys will have to we'll have to talk a little bit behind the scenes and you'll have to educate me because uh, <laughs> i'd prefer to not do that again because it was quite humorous i think i left it on the youtube channel just for fun but it's really just me like talking to myself like talking to a ghost or i was like <laughs> oh yeah i thought that too the other day Silence, <laughs> silence. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, man, um, I'd better check the rotary girder. I'm retarded next time. Okay. So uh, besides that, I also did my first Jackbox hump day this past Wednesday. And nice. uh, I got to hang out with some people from the U.S., Germany, Singapore. And uh, we had a good old time. It was about an hour, hour and a half. So now I think... Uh, at least Wednesdays and Fridays, we got Jackbox covered between uh, me, Ed Placencia, and Lim. So yeah, man, you can't go wrong with Jackbox, dude. When do you right. when do you stream on Wednesdays? Are you good? do you have a set time? Well, for right now, it's early afternoon. Gotcha. Uh, evening time is most of the time tough for me. That's why, like, when it comes to multiplayer gaming, when you guys talk about doing PUBG together and Overwatch and all that, I'm like, uh, that would be nice, but. I just Would I can't nice? I can't yeah <laughs> I can't uh, I can't get away from my family in a good way not in a bad way like I can't escape <laughs> but uh, it's it's more just that's just the family time so my wife right. and I like we're pretty pretty devoted to those those two two and a half hours we get before we go to bed after putting the kids to bed 
And uh, so that's our talking and show watching time. But someday I'll join you guys, though. I'm going to be like the router of the group and be like, yeah, I'll join you on uh, on uh, multiplayer someday. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that. Sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> I smell like beef and cheese. Um, besides that, I did get to listen to my West Virginia Mountaineers play a little college football on the old internet radio the other day. I think it was on Saturday, I guess. Um, was that a makeup game or is that their their actual game? No, that that makeup game with NC State is still postponed until further notice. Okay. They played a team, That's but good. I forget who it was. <laughs> yeah, they played <laughs> another team. team. I hope it so. Was, Hopefully, it was the like you and just talking to each other. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, they're just they're just passing it between you. You were totally listening to one them, of their practices. <laughs> yeah, it was a practice. It was scrimmage the, game. The Golden Blues scrimmage game that they do every spring. Uh, but no, they played – t- it was the first Big 12 game. I'm really blanking. I know the next game they play is against uh, Texas Tech, I think, and then after that's Kansas. But anyways, they won re- rather handedly, so it was very nice. Um, so I enjoyed listening to that. Uh, I, was t- I was under the impression that I could download an app on my Apple TV – and watch, but I found out that you have to have a fifth generation Apple TV to download apps. Oh. And I have a fourth generation Apple TV, oh, so wah, wah. that's how they get you. I failed. That's how they get me. So by the way, Lucas, I'm considering it was, getting one, but I don't know if I will. Lucas, it was Kansas State that they played. Thank you. So I was thinking Kansas, but then I was like, no, that's not right. But yes, it's the Kansas State Wildcats, the old purple and silver. I don't know if they call themselves that, but that's what I. That's what you call them. Purple and silver. <laughs> and if you just put old in front of it, that's that's what you can say because it just makes sense. So, <laughs> with that being said, I think we're all updated now, right? All hearts clear. How about we get the latest in the news with Novacell? What you got for us, Patrick? Okay, so the first uh, news story that I have is about the new movie coming out in 2019. I think it's October 2019. Is the new Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix? I don't know if you've seen the photos that are being circulating around the internet, but he's got, it kind of looks like the old 1989 Batman movie with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson kind of Joker. It doesn't yeah, look, s- and, and, yeah, it doesn't look anything like that Suicide Squad, Jared Leto junk that came out <laughs> last year, whenever it was. I mean, that was it w- the, the the teasers and the trailers for that new Joker were were cool, but in the movie it was terrible because it was not the what what it was all hyped up to be. So, but this new Joker, it it's, it looks like it's bringing it back to the roots. Um, I don't know how what the storyline is. I don't know who's going to be in it. I don't know if Batman's going to be in it. I don't know Did if it's going to be just a Joker centric his origin story kind of thing. Do they have um, a title not, or anything like that? It's just called Joker. Um, I, I right now it's called Joker, so I don't know if they're if that's just like a placeholder name or if they're going to change it. All right. Uh, but uh, but I the the, uh, the the small snippet that I know that's going to happen is he's a stand up comedian, like a clown comedian. Um, where and he, I guess he bombs and then he be, goes crazy somehow and becomes this Joker. Weird. But uh, all right. What what do, what do you guys think about about this Joker and who's gonna well, be in it? Well, I was so I was pretty because in, it's not a it's not part of the 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 DCEU. Correct. Oh, okay. I it's, didn't it's, I it's didn't on, know it's that. It's on its own. The only thing yeah, I knew own. I had seen the 
the only thing I'd known about was the the pictures. Like you said, they have like a, a very short video, is it? Or is it just pictures of like psychedelic? Like it goes between his normal face and then yeah, it was face with the something like that. There's a couple like, photos. There's, there's that one. And then there's a short 10, 15 second video of him coming off a subway train. And they're like hilarity. I don't, I don't know what kind of stuff happens but he just starts walking away smiling and that, okay. that, that, that that's well it. i think in regards to choosing joaquin phoenix as the actor he's already pretty crazy and weird so i think right. what he's he gonna plays. do is is natural for him so i think it could be cool i mean after uh what's his face jared leto's uh, interpretation of the joker now, mm-hmm. I, I will say that I did not watch Suicide Squad, but I talked to enough people and I watched like little scenes here and there to understand like he was bad, like maybe yeah, the don't, worst don't Joker it. ever. And then, you know, he he followed up the best Joker, in my opinion, hands down, the Dark Knight's Joker in Heath Ledger. And so uh, I think on one hand, Joaquin could only go up from here because of Jared Leto's Joker, but he's still going to be compared to... Heath Ledger, I think. Yeah, I mean, Heath Ledger was phenomenal in his role. Um, then, then, then Leto. So there's going to be another Joker, and we'll see what happens. I think if I think if it, what it really boils down to is what you're looking for, like as a Joker, because like Heath Ledger, like that may have been like one of the best acting jobs like I've ever seen. Like he was dark and just kind of crazy. But I also for think sure. like, if I look, if you look back like at the Jack Nicholson Joker that was more of like the comic book Joker. You know what I mean? Like that was the Joker. I feel like that everybody expected it to be. And Heath Ledger was like this dark character. So I think it's, it's a, it's a matter of opinion. Like they're two, I mean, they're, they're playing the same character, but just completely different ways. Yeah. And with the Joker, you really have to like, you have to work your creativity within the confines of chaos. Like when you try to get all logical, like even I think the only shortcoming of, of uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker is that he's just mad because they threw him in a big vat of green acme gloop, whatever it's called. And uh, so what what's cool about Heath Ledger's Joker is that he, you never get like a logical reason why he's acting like that. He's just working within the chaos of his character. And I think that's the best way to go with Joker. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I, I'd have to admit like the, the first time I saw the picture uh, of Joaquin in you know full makeup, I was like, oh no, because I'll admit you know I'm a comic book fan, so looking at that picture, it doesn't really look like the traditional Joker. Like he's got you know a no like a painted on nose, and he's got you know some painted on eyebrows and like a little design blue design on his on his uh, on his eye or whatever and they're like okay are we just going for a different design for the joker or are we is this going to be like you know joker type you know 1.0 or whatever and i was like ah i don't i don't know and at first when i heard joaquin phoenix is going to be was going to be the joker i was i was excited Uh, i figured he could probably do a good job i'm just been concerned with WB's track record and of as of late and how they're basically it feels like they're trying to just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Um, but this this yeah that's they they don't have a track right now they just they're just like 
They're just, they are. They're just throwing stuff at the wall and like, okay, what's going to work? What's not going to work? Well, uh, that's that's all I got. Ronnie, what you got? Okay. So I will start off by saying that I literally almost never watch golf. Like golf is something that, I mean, I would rather paint the inside of my house normally. Um, I'm with you, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, watching just watching a bunch of people play golf, I just I cannot get into that. I played golf through high school. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm semi-interested in golf. I golf here and there. But watching golf is a different story. Uh, normally, it yeah, is. If you want to take a nap, that's just exactly watch golf. right. Like, I could sleep that <laughs> every night, just put on, like, a torch. NASCAR and golf, man. <laughs> yeah. Instant nap time. That's exactly right. At NASCAR, you could go to sleep, too, if you didn't hear, like, you know, them all yelling in the background oh. about how it's, you know. Lug nuts are, aren't at a certain PSI or something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think that's that the sounds, way it works. That sounds about right. That's exactly right. That's about my knowledge uh, of the NASCAR, <laughs> NASCAR sport. Um, but my topic today is actually Tiger Woods. And it's Tiger Woods because he, he just won a championship. Um, and it's the first time he's won one, you know, in forever. And, and most people, you know, even if you're not into golf, most people know Tiger Woods' story. You know, all the personal stuff that he went through uh, with his ex-wife, you know, all the, you know, all, you know, all the stuff that he got into, some of it being pretty terrible things. Um, and a lot of people know about, you know, his long road to get back, not just the personal stuff, but he, guys battled back through injuries, stuff like that. So over the weekend, you know, he won his first uh, event in a really long time, which a lot of people thought, you know, he probably won't get back to that point. Because, I mean, you're talking about a guy who – his back is literally fused together. <laughs> so they had to go in and fuse his back together uh, so he could go back out and play golf again. And the Tiger Woods you see now is not the Tiger Woods that everybody thinks about. You think about Tiger Woods, you think of that young kid with his dad out there playing golf, like just dominating everybody. And what you see when you're, when you're watching him play now is a um, – it's kind of a battle-hardened guy that's getting older – you know, it's one of those things where you watch your athletes age in front of you, and it's like you see him one day, and you're like, wow, what happened? Uh, you know, he takes his hat off, and his hair's really thin on the top. But for whatever reason, when Tiger Woods is golfing, when he is in the running to possibly win a championship, for whatever reason, with Tiger Woods, he draws in more people than any other golfer, maybe any other athlete in general. Because, I mean, like, you know, maybe other than LeBron James, like, there's not a lot of athletes that could top either one of those guys. Maybe Serena Williams, but I mean, uh, I I read an article about this, and it it was the uh, the most people that had ever tuned in for that particular championship, and it's just Tiger Woods coming back. And I mm. we were actually talking about before the podcast. There's the video of him on the 18th hole. Um, it's you know what it's just a it's it's a really cool thing to watch like I truly believe in people getting second chances people definitely make mistakes like you know we're human we make mistakes uh, you know he clearly no he clearly made some mistakes early in his life but it is it's a nice redemption story to see him kind of get back to his original form and a lot of people have the nostalgia about it you know oh Tiger Woods won another championship because everybody thought he was going to be you know the absolute best hands down they thought he was just going to win and win and win and win and then he ran into all that trouble and injuries um but i don't watch golf at all and for whatever reason when tiger woods is playing i will actually tune in to see and i'm rooting for this guy you know all these things that happened in the past with him um it, it all of a sudden it's like none of that matters and and people are just rooting for this guy 
um, even though he hasn't won in you know years, it's he's still the biggest star in golf. He's the one person that everybody can be like. Um, he's the one person that everybody can just like be like, oh yeah, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is doing good. And it's like even people that don't listen to golf are literally like talking about him the next day at the water cooler. They're like, oh, did you see Tiger Woods? And it's like, yeah, I actually did. So it, it's a very bizarre thing, but it, it's also a good story for somebody literally coming back. Um, but I don't know if you guys happen to see any of that. Do you guys share any of the same thing where, oh, it's, you know, it's Tiger Woods. Would you guys tune into that? I saw brief highlights of it on, on, on YouTube and stuff and on, on TV and just watching like this huge crowd just coming in and, and following and, and following him and just being all excited when he, when he won uh, that, that championship. Now I'm not a big golf fan at all, uh, but you know, the man's paid his dues. The man, he, he had some major failings and he owned up to it. And yeah. it cost him a lot. And, you know, obviously he's had his, his physical struggles uh, over the past few years. But he kept working at it. He kept chipping away. He kept playing. It's not like, you know, oh, this, I, I messed up in my life and all this other crap is happening to me. I guess I'm done. No, he kept going, I guess. And, you know, there were many, many years where he just wasn't winning. And then all of a sudden... He's like, okay, um, I'm I'm back. I'm the comeback kid, and so, you know, that's that's awesome. More power to him for that. Uh, I hope he's learned from a lot of the things that he's done in the past, and uh, just tries to keep on the straight and narrow with all that, and 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 really focuses on, you know, uh, working working hard and 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 playing the game. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess it's like one part of that story that is, is interesting is people don't typically give athletes second chances when they do something horrible. So in, in right. today's world, I mean, these guys, they are, you know, they make one mistake and people are just, you know, tearing them apart. And, they, you know, nobody wants to give them a second chance. And it's just it, it's different with Tiger Woods because of just the athlete that he is and, and because of his popularity. So it, I, I thought it was a really interesting story. I normally would never watch golf, but yeah, something about Tiger Woods still will draw me in. And I'm not going to say that I'm going to sit and watch the whole tournament over the weekend. <laughs> I'm going to wait until Sunday, and it's like the 17th hole. And it's like, oh, Tiger's a stroke ahead. I'm like, I am tuning in to see him win this thing. Um, but the video of him winning on the 18th hole as he picks the ball up out of the cup, it, it's a really cool video if you have, have a chance to go watch it. Um, First of all, I don't know if I've ever seen that many people on a golf course. Like it, <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I think Patrick described it. It looks like Woodstock. Like there are so many people. Yeah, right. Um, and it's just it's Tiger Woods. It draws people back into that, and people, you know, for whatever reason, that, you know, they want to believe in that redemption story for him. Um, and I just, I, I think it's a really cool thing for sure. But on uh, yeah, other- that is. I think it is cool. Uh, just to just to add real quick, uh, from Brazil, it's really hard to keep up with American sports sometimes I have to go out of my way a lot of times to see what's going on but back in the day when Tiger Woods was at the height of his game I was definitely paying attention I could care less and I could have cared less about golf but he just like you said Ronnie he's got that that element about him that just draws people in and the storyline and everything that went on with his life uh, prior to the issues and the things that happened to kind of spiral his career out of control um, 
it was it was cool to see and it was definitely history in the making um, it was sad to see the fall and you know over the past couple of years I've seen on a number of occasions where like on ESPN and the different sports channels they're like hey Tiger Woods is in he's in the he's in the race he could do well and then he wouldn't really make it but I'm really glad to hear that he finally got a win a good win and uh, he's 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 just not giving up he just keeps moving forward so it's really encouraging to hear yeah I, I definitely agree um, the last story that I have and possibly the most important story of this entire podcast is a review of the matchup between me and Mr. Novacell in fantasy football. I was I was wondering <laughs> if this was as and I want to I can't wait to hear I want to make who sure won. that I talk before him and I will tell you I got absolutely destroyed. Uh, by, <laughs> by a lot. I'm pretty sure my score was almost doubled and <laughs> has been a rough year for uh, Andrew Lux book club. That's all. <laughs> Patrick, do you want to, you know, any words, any victorious speeches or anything you've prepared? Want to kick so a horse I, while I, he's down? I do want to say something. So uh, last week I said that I beat him six times and I've lost zero times against him in our past. And uh, that was incorrect. Uh, we've only uh, the, I couldn't <laughs> look, look back, back. <laughs> more than two years on ESPN to see where our matchup stood. Uh, for but I was able to find uh, 2016 and 2017, um, and we are one and mm. one. And after this past week, I am now two and one. Yeah, this so this whack this last week was called a winning record. A seriously rough one for my team. I mean, oh goodness gracious! I think I stopped checking about an hour into Sunday's games. I was like, ah, this is over. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that is all I have to share on the sports front. Uh, Mark, what have you got for us today? All right, so it's it's been an interesting week for gaming, to say the least. Uh, if you're not familiar with Telltale Games, they, they make games like uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, they, they've done some Batman games. Uh, as Patrick talked about earlier, he, he played them. Uh, I, I've played uh, the first season. Um, they did uh, The Wolf Among Tales Us. Tales from the Borderlands. Tales from the Borderlands, yeah. Um, and, and some less memorable ones, I guess the Back to the Future one, uh, which wasn't that Jurassic Park and Back to the Future, baby. Yeah. But in any case, they've, they've come quite a long way in terms of developing themselves as a, as a, a pretty, pretty formidable, uh, game developer. And unfortunately, uh, within this past week, they made the announcement that they had to lay off approximately 250 employees um, as part of uh, what the company's calling uh, the a majority studio closure. Uh, the, the employees were let go with no severance pay whatsoever. It's just uh, it's a very difficult situation. It's it, I'm sad to see something like this happen. They're basically down to 25 people now, and... Uh, it's just a it's a really rough situation to see. Uh, now the the final season of The Walking Dead is in jeopardy, serious jeopardy. Uh, they did release, uh, I believe it was episode two, uh, the other day of The Walking Dead, and uh, but they're not sure whether or not they they may be able to get somebody else to to give them support to finish. Um, but. At this point, it does not look good 
for for Telltale, and uh, you could feel it. People were pretty upset by this because they made great yeah. games. Uh, they're, yep. they're, they they kind of took the whole point and click adventure kind of thing and and really just expanded upon it. And uh, it's just really sad to see something like this happen. Like any place where a bunch of people like that have lost their jobs uh, all of a sudden with no severance, no no nothing. And uh, I believe uh, one of the one of the people that that worked for for Telltale actually uh, filed a class action lawsuit, uh, basically alleging that Telltale Games in in this mass layoff violated uh california laws in terms of of you know being able to do something like that uh, so it's 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 a rough rough time for the people at telltale uh, they have 25 people remaining uh to quote fulfill the company's obligations to its board and partners basically looking to close up shop and and tie up loose ends and uh so uh what are your guys thoughts on that yeah, when I first heard about that story, uh, my first response was, oh, man, we're not going to get the final season of Walking Dead. We're not going to get another Batman series. We're not going to get the Avengers series, which uh, was my first reaction. Like, why, 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 why aren't we going to get more of these games? I hope oh, this is ridiculous. And then I took a step back and I, I felt like, wow, that was that was super super insensitive because all these people just lost their job 250 people lost their job and ronnie and i know how this feels a little bit because this happened to us uh two weeks ago was it two weeks ago that three 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 weeks ago something like that where 300 people were laid off at our at our company and people were just like well they got their severance, you know, but it was just like the morning of they're gone. No, no notice, no nothing, just gone. And after I remembered that's what happened in, uh, with us, um, I kind of was like, wow, uh, what are these people going to do now? I mean, they're not going to get any severance. They're out of their job, just like, like with a snap of the fingers. And after, after uh, this news broke, the gaming community really banded together other companies saw this and they were reaching out in, on social media saying hey anybody who's affected by this layoff contact us we have open positions we have all of these positions that need to be filled by the by the people that have these skill sets and the skill sets that are needed were from these telltale former employees so I thought that was really, really cool when uh, the, all these companies were reaching out like, hey, you know, you don't have a job to uh, Telltale anymore, but we want to give you a job. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that, yeah, is, definitely. Yeah. that is really cool. And I had – I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead, Ronnie. I was going to say one thing that, you know, since we on the 6th, our company laid off about a quarter of its workforce, about 300 people. And up until that actually happened, I think it's easy to read something like that and take just a total step back from it. it. You know, when you read an article, you don't necessarily feel, you know, anything. Or you see a news story, you know, you, you're like, oh, that's horrible. And, you know, you kind of go on with your daily life. But after something like that happens, you realize, you know, how horrible something like that is actually. Um, you know, I, I know for us, like for Patrick and I, you know, a lot of people got laid off that, you know, we've been working with for years, so you're very close to those people, and 
you know, it stings. It stings for the people that lost their job. It stings for the people that are left. Um, it, it, it just makes you look at it in a whole different manner. Um, and I think that's like, you know, when I heard about this too, like it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it definitely hits, it, it definitely hits a lot closer to home now for sure. Yeah. I'm going to have to confess that like Patrick, I definitely reacted in a very superficial way, but I think we need to give people context for those that don't, you know, that aren't big nerds like some of us and listen to video game podcasts and kind of, you know, over the years as I've been listening to different podcasts with IGN and uh, some of the other video game outlets, um, they, they talk about the rhythm and the ebb and flow of game development and how there's times when you have a job and then there's times where you don't have a job and you kind of have to be prepared at all times for things to, to shut down. But when I took a step back and really looked at this situation and got past the fact that, oh my gosh, they're not going to, they're not going to finish Walking Dead the final season. How could they not do that? Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I looked at it for what it was and how these 250 people didn't have a warning, that all of a sudden just the lights went off and they said, you can go home because you don't have a job. Uh, that is not part of the game development cycle. Like This was a big company. They were working on multiple games. Um, th- it, just, it just came out of left field, and, it's, and it's, I'm frustrated for them. And, you know, it's... It's, it, there's obviously some, some poor financial and administrative planning and communication, uh, definitely a lack of communication that went down. Um, but like, like Patrick said, it's, it's really awesome how people rallied around them, how companies came out and are providing them with opportunities and you know, giving people a chance to bounce back off of this. So that's encouraging. Yeah, man, definitely. And, you know, I think I – think this is going to be like a phoenix thing like you know okay telltale is going to they just burn to the ground before our eyes but i think from the ashes uh, a, a new company is going to rise up i think the types of games they make that are really story and decision driven i think there's enough people out there that like that that they're going to go back to the drawing board they're going to kind of learn some lessons from telltale hopefully they're going to up you know fix that engine and uh, really get it running smoothly uh, for those that have played Telltale games, they're known for like these hiccups and these bugs that just happen in the middle of your game. And uh, so, hopefully, with all that said, like I think good's going to come out of this, and I think, I think the gaming community and the companies are really going to rally around these these people that lost their jobs, and everybody's going to be better through this experience. So, in, in other news, so Sony decided to pull a Nintendo after long saying hey backwards compatibility is nobody's interested in it it's not feasible or not you know we're not interested in it and then hey we're putting out a playstation retro console playstation classic uh so yeah uh, but I don't. Uh, I don't really think anybody should be surprised at this point. Yeah. For one, Nintendo's not the first one to do it. They're the first one to make a big deal about it. There've other. There. There's the Atari Virtual Console. There's Genesis. That they both came out before. Uh, from from what I know, anyways, came out before the Nintendo one. So I can't say that Nintendo is like. I know they've come up with a lot of original ideas, but it really shouldn't be a surprise that PlayStation did this. I mean. It's it's all the rage, so yeah. Why not? So yeah, they announced that uh, they are making a PlayStation Classic. Comes with uh, two controllers and has an HDMI port, much like the 
NES and SNES Classic like that. Uh, it's going to cost $99.99, and I believe it is coming out on December 3rd. Yes, December 3rd, uh, just in time for the holidays. And uh, they But have, after Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why they would do that, but hey, they, they're the ones that make the big bucks, and I'm not, so... Have they, have they announced the games yet? They have not. Only they have five, I think. Yeah, right? they've only announced five, which would be Final Fantasy VII, Tekken Three, Ridge Racer Type Four, Jumping Flash, and Wild Arms. And uh, yeah, they have not announced any of the other ones so far. Um, but uh, yeah, this is this is a thing. This is happening. So, Patrick, what do you think about this? I really don't care for the PlayStation One the classic kind of games. Um, they were all polygonal. They were choppy. They were ugly. They I are mean, this is the really first, ugly for this sure. This is the first like 3D kind of venture into, into the gaming world. So I'm not really excited about this one. However, if they're going to throw some games on there that, uh, that I remember playing when I had the PlayStation 1, uh, then maybe, maybe, I, maybe I will try it and pick it up. Uh, do you know if there's, is there going to be trophies on this? Is this going to be internet? You know, are we going to be able to play online with other people? Uh, I don't think they've said anything about that at this point. Uh, the, the details are, are kind of limited. Uh, so oh I'm man, sure. if they have trophies, I am in all the way. For sure. <laughs> I feel like that would be a missed opportunity if they don't throw trophies in there. Yeah. No doubt. I agree with you 110%, uh, Patrick, for me, uh, I'm I'm not on board like day one buyer because for one it's really hard for me to get electronics uh, from Brazil they're super expensive um, you know like when the PS4 first came out it was uh, only about two thousand dollars I think in cost um, that's it yeah that's all just two thousand oh, dollars so anything nice. that comes out here that's electronic it is easily doubled if not tripled in price. Um, no questions asked like there's no way to get your hands on it so what happens a lot of times is people they do the math and they're like well i can spend money on a flight back to the u.s buy the ps4 buy the super nintendo classic buy whatever a laptop and come back and i'll still spend less money on the flight and the electronics than if i were to buy the electronics in brazil i think that's crazy right for sure it is crazy and so for me, why, why is that? How's that? How, how's that work? It's called government tax. They love to tax mm. the bejesus out of every electronic known to man, because uh, they just know that Brazilians love it, and just and and they do. <laughs> Brazilians buy it up. Brazilians fly to uh, the U.S. They find whatever way they can to get it. Um, so I'm not going to be a day one purchaser, but I'm going to get it eventually. Uh, I, I am really intrigued to find out. Some of the games, I definitely have my own games that I'm hoping that they're going to have. Uh, I don't know if you guys played Twisted Metal 1 and 2 or any of the Twisted Metal games, yeah. but, man, I love me some oh, if Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal 1, Twisted Metal, yeah. I right. particularly like Twisted they Metal need, they 2. They need to be on there. Because it's got that, that big muscle guy with the big wheels. I don't remember his name, like Axel like or something. Or something like that? Axel. Yeah, it was Axel. Axel Minion. Axel, he was the best. Um the other one that I really like, some of the sports games, I'm not much of a sports game guy now. I have Madden and uh, NBA 2K and all that, but I don't, I don't play it a whole lot. But when I had the PS1, 
I played games like ESPN Extreme Games, Cool Borders 3. Uh, I'd love to extreme have those Extreme games. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. I loved Extreme oh, Games. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that one. So good. And yet it was right? so bad, but it was so good. And uh, <laughs> me and my friends, we would just, you know, do the biking, do the boarding and all that. And, uh, I don't know if you guys ever played Star Wars Jedi Battles. That was basically based off of, uh, uh, I think, Episode 1 of Star Wars. But it was like a kind of a side scroller kind of deal, and you just played different areas from Star Wars Episode One. I, I remember, I remember the front cover to that. It had like Mace Windu on it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was classic. Yeah, so. this is it's interesting to me. I'm not super excited for it. What I'm really not excited for, I am not digging the price at all. Yeah, these are these are. I know it's a newer generation than, say, like, the NES and SNES, but these are 20-plus-year-old games, uh, and I really think the 60 to $80 price point is the sweet spot for these things. 100 bucks, in my opinion, is, is, is really pushing it. Uh, now, for, I think... Well, the things with, with, with these kind of, like, uh, the classic, the retro classic game, uh, systems coming out, like the NES, SNES, and now the PlayStation, like, I'm, I don't play over half the games that are coming out for these yeah. systems. So this the, the, the price points for any of these systems is way more than I'm going to actually pay for because I'm only going to play like two or three of the games for the, for these systems. Because if you, if you boil it down, I mean, you get 20 games, two controllers, a system, and basically $5 per game. I mean, it's not, it's not that bad, but if, you, if I take into account I'm only going to play two games for it, that doesn't make oh, any yeah. sense for me That's to purchase it. That's definitely not worth it, for sure. Yeah, I but just if they think have it's... trophies, I think that would that would at least vouch a little bit more for the higher price point. But I can understand your perspective on that for sure. A hundred bucks is a yeah. lot for for a, a classic system. Only twenty games. It's the lowest of the classic uh, systems. I think. I think uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo had more games. Nintendo had thirty, has thirty, and Super Nintendo has twenty-one or twenty-two. Um, yeah. But I, the thing that I don't like, too, is with a lot of the games that they're going to have on it, they already have all those games available on PS3 and PS4, like, especially right? PS4. So I'm just like, I've already got it on my PS4. Why in the world would I want it on this, this classic system where I, have to, yeah. where I have to play with a corded uh, controller that doesn't have analog sticks? I'm like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know about that. So yeah. I don't. I don't know if you guys played the NES Classic, but man, that NES Classic, those cords, I, they're like three and a half or three feet long. <laughs> I feel so like bad. I'm like I feel like I'm kissing the television. Like I've got my. Face I don't know if you remember playing uh, regular Nintendo when you were young, but that's how long they were. I don't believe that's you. How close you were to the TV? You. I mean, you. We used that to is play not what I remember. TVs. My my controllers had like <laughs> ten foot cables. Close. They had like ten foot cables. No, I think what it was is the we just would always drag our cables out of away from the TV and the the Nintendo was always in the middle of the living room and then the controllers would go off from there. So I think that's the difference. Well, you know, they make they make wireless controllers for those consoles too, so they do. I've heard that. I didn't know that before, so Yeah. I, if I get an NES Classic, I'm definitely going to invest in the the wireless controllers cuz forget those corded things. Those things are Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. And uh, that's it. That's it for me. I'm out. 
Speaking of video games, let's get to this morning's topic of video games. Most of us love them. Sometimes, sometimes they can be a little controversial. Other times, they could be seen as toys for kids and man children, and for some, uh, works of art. But we can't deny, guys, that you they have had an impact on many people, many of us as individuals. Uh, they've had impact on our culture, on society in general, whether it's at home with family, at friends' houses. Uh, out and about, even now on our phones, there's video games everywhere. Um, but let's start on the personal side, and let's take a step back into our video game history, preferences, practices. Uh, and let's start with Marky Mark. Hey, Marky Mark, what are your uh, video gaming origins, brother? Where did you get started? I love the name Marky Mark. <laughs> and by love, I mean I don't love. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> we might stick it. Make it stick. Awesome. So... Yeah, my my love for games goes way, way back uh, to when I was like six, seven years old. Uh, what was that, like actually, 93? Yeah, yeah, basically. Oh, <laughs> 90, 93 was a good year. Oh, 93 man, was, was a totally very good guessing. year. I was totally guessing. That's hilarious. No, you, you, you hit it on the nail, 93. And that's actually the same year, Patrick, that's the same year Power Rangers came out. Yeah, that it was is. my jam. Oh yeah, I love me some Power Rangers. I'll never forget. Go go Power but, Rangers! Uh, <laughs> Copyright. Don't struck. get me started on that. <laughs> Less than thirty seconds. We're good. It's all set. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it goes way back to the early '90s when I was six years old, and I actually my parents got me this like really crappy sort of off-brand. Uh, video game console and it was it was called the channel f it was made by uh, a company called fairchild what it was like what yeah is channel yeah. F? that's yes. the worst video game name ever google google that stuff lots. that was actually the first console that had multiple games you could play on it because before that you could only play like pong you could get a box and you just played pong what year was this it. again what? Yeah, this was like late seventies, early eighties. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was stuck. I was still in the in ninety three. Yeah, I like, got it. I got it in ninety three. But right, that's that's the you first found console. It, you found it in a trash Man, can in ninety three. Your parents knew everything about video games. They're like, you know what? These kids need these days. Channel F. Channel F. <laughs> that sounds so. That sounds so wrong. Yeah, yeah, it, and it was. Everything about it was wrong. Uh, it totally but that was what I had. Video games now. <laughs> But You're, then one day, Marky Mark, your parents were like, "Mark, for the love of Channel F, turn it off." <laughs> uh, no, that honestly, I think I I pretended the the because if you look at the 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 controllers that they have on that, they look basically like uh, lightsabers, and so that's more what I pretended to to do now, with it. Was, you should have you should have led with that. You, you should have never even mentioned Channel F. You should have just said, hey, I had this, count, this console with lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, I, now I, I, suppose I, I suppose I should have. But you gotta work in any on case, that. then the Lord, the Lord blessed me 
With, with Channel G. No. Afraid, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> baby. <laughs> that sounds like something you find on the streets. Channel G, baby. Uh, but in any case, no. Actually, it was. There's one day. It was like a Saturday or something like that. Uh, my my parents came home. They had gone yard sailing, and lo and behold, they. They picked up an NES from from a yard sale, and so and the funny thing was later that day after I got that, uh, I went to my grandmother's house. We met up with my grandmother, and she she goes to her car, and she opens up her trunk, and she bought an NES at a yard sale. So I had freaking two Nintendo consoles <laughs> that I basically, rich. yeah. So I basically was able to go back and forth like if something stopped working. I was like, okay, well, I'll just borrow this cord from this console or whatever. And, you know, I had a bunch of games. Uh, Nintendo Chop it. Shop. Yeah, yeah, basically. And and so that's where I really started getting hooked was, was with NES. Um, and then from there, the love of it just started growing. Unfortunately, I never owned a, a Super Nintendo. Skip that generation. I did own a Genesis, and then, uh, you know, the first time I was in the current generation was when I got my N64, uh, and that was a beautiful day, beautiful, beautiful day. In fact, I remember the exact day I got it. It was uh, February 13th, 1997. Love is in uh, the air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my my dad went to Walmart and he had gotten it on sale, uh, and I remember I was so excited for that thing, and uh, I actually got up in the middle of the night and went out to the living room and just started playing Mario sixty four, and my mom heard me, and she came out and she had some some choice words, many of which I cannot say on this podcast. Um, and uh, uh, needless to say, I, I quickly turned it off and went back to bed. But that's when my, my love of games just started growing from there. Um, and I just got hooked on it. So, Cool. Nice. Cool, man. Uh, for me, um, I have two older brothers. And one day, uh, my brother, I think it was my oldest brother, brought home a Nintendo. And I, I had no idea what a Nintendo was uh, at that time, obviously. I was thinking I was, uh, I was six, maybe five, six, six years old. And they brought home, it was, I think it was Super Mario and Duck Hunt. Yes. So, you know, I was six years old. I, I, did, I, I had no idea how to play. So I watched my brothers play this game. Um, but I really didn't get into gaming really until this game called Tecmo Bowl came oh, out. Oh man, nice. I and love me Tecmo some Tecmo Bowl, Bowl with Bo Jackson, uh, Tim Brown, Joe Montana, Taylor, Joe Montana, and Jerry oh, Rice. Was, end zone to end zone, baby, every day. It was so so. And that's and I, I I like I've always loved football and playing a game of football where I can control the football players, feeling like I'm I'm you know in the football game. I thought that, that's really when I started to really like video games. Played Tecmo Bowl, got really good at Tecmo Bowl, started to figure out how to use my thumbs because I need thumbs to play games. It's important. So, uh, 
So uh, I started to play Super Mario again, and I, I never, never was able to beat Super Mario Brothers 1. But when Super Mario Brothers 2 and 3 came out, I was, able, I was old enough where I was able to, to figure out how to play those games. But ever since, ever since Nintendo, my brother brought home that Nintendo system, I have been a gamer ever since. Um, I had a Nintendo, Sega, didn't have the SNES, I had the N64, PlayStation, I even had the Dreamcast at nice. one point. Um, yeah, so I've been a gamer since I've been six years old. Nice. So, How about you, Ronnie? So I started with um, I started with a Super Nintendo actually. So I remember going I remember going over to my grandmother's house and she actually had a regular Nintendo. I I think regular Nintendo was at like 1985 maybe when that came out. Um, yeah, so that seems had, about right. She had one over at her house, so I would go over there and play that. But at that time, I had the Super Nintendo. Um, so I you know I played all the standard games on the Super Nintendo. Um, but my all-time favorite, I think, when I got really hooked into gaming, was the Nintendo 64. It was like yeah, buddy. it was like nothing before it, right? It comes out. It's got four controllers. Like you're playing with all your friends and stuff. And um, I mean, my favorite game, I think, of all time, had to be WCW NWO Revenge. <laughs> so, yes. so you're playing yes. you're playing this wrestling game with your buddies everybody's trying to grab weapons out of the crowd as fast as they can uh but that game was just awesome and that just kind of started like my whole love for gaming so what that developed into was I, I think i've always liked to play games with other people not necessarily just by myself like i've always liked to get a group of people together like some of my fondest gaming memories were um you know when i was in high school actually we would all bring our xboxes over to my buddy's house and we did like the four system like system link um we're all in different rooms you know yelling back and forth at each other and we would do this all night and i think that was that you know that was that was like the peak you know the most fun i think i've ever had when i've been gaming um our game of choice was halo it's always been my, my one of my favorites oh. yeah i mean i used to get so jacked up here in the <laughs> intro loading up you know, you gotta try to get in as much trash talk as you can before the game starts or whatever. But uh, yeah, that was that was some of my fondest gaming memories, and I, I think I've had pretty much I, I've had every Xbox. I kind of fell off the PlayStation wagon after the PlayStation Two, just because it seemed like more of a single player console, and I was more of a mm. you know have some buddies over, let's play these games uh, type of gamer, um, and I still am. But the online gaming definitely makes that uh, a lot a lot easier. And how uh, how about you? All right, so I vaguely remember my sister owning an Atari, but I did not play it that much. Um, my introduction to video games, I think, kind of like Patrick and uh, kind of like Mark. I didn't have that old uh, Channel F deal, but uh, <laughs> it, it was the NES, man. Um, I remember one day my dad came home from work, and he had an NES, and he had the, the triple pack with Mario, Duck Hunt, and my favorite, Track and Field. Nice. I don't know if you guys played Track and Field back in the day with the, the running pad. With the pad. With the pad. Oh, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that thing. And I remember playing that thing so much and uh, really enjoying it. And uh, I remember when, um, you know, I'd play all three of those games with my dad uh, quite a bit. And I remember when I just started 
you know, I it probably was after a week I started beating him at all the games. Like he'd he'd be with me, you know, stage one of Mario, and then go to the next stage, and then by the third stage he was just dying over and over again, and I would just keep going. Uh, and then when track and field, when I figured out how to, you know, I didn't have to lift my legs all the way up, I could just kind of just a little bit just tap them up and down, and I could run a lot faster. Uh, that's that's when I discovered how much uh, I was just, you know, I, as a kid at least I was a natural at it. Uh, eventually my dad abandoned me with Zelda 2. Um, I don't know if you guys played the Legend of Zelda games, but um, we played a little bit of the first one, but Zelda 2, my dad got addicted. I'm talking like he would work, and then he would come home and be like, uh, you want to play a little Zelda 2, son? <laughs> Be like, sure, let's do it. And he would play, but I don't know if you guys remember with the Nintendo, uh, they had batteries and save slots in the in the games, but a lot of times you had to like hold down the reset button, press the power button while still holding down the reset button, and then let it off in a certain order in order to keep your save. You couldn't just turn off the game. If you turn off the game, it reset everything. And I remember there was one time that I think my dad was on the next to last boss, and he had been working for hours and i don't i don't remember what happened but the next day he went to the game and everything was gone and he oh, was just like that's a sad day oh, man, he was just rough. like i'm done and <laughs> and i'm i'm kidding you not he's played hardly anything since then like it just left such a bad taste in his mouth um oh. but from there my my gaming uh became more social and had more to do with, you know, hanging out with my friends. You know, when we weren't outside playing in the backyard, playing in the streets, we were we were playing Nintendo and we were hanging out. Um, you know, and, and as time went on, I, I, I got some other systems. I actually got more into handhelds and PC gaming towards the beginning. You know, I had an NES, and then from there I got a Game Boy. Uh, I was one of the few that got a Sega Game Gear because um, I was so attracted to all the colors it had. Because Game Boy, when it first came out, was... Not very colorful. I eventually got a Game Boy Color, but it still wasn't, uh, in my in my eyes, very appealing. Um, and then I just started going down the wrong path, and I bought an Atari Jaguar. Uh, I have to get this off my chest that that's probably my biggest mistake of all time <laughs> uh, in terms of consoles because that Atari Jaguar was downright awful. Uh, mm. But from there, I got back on track, got a Super Nintendo, I eventually got a PS1. Um, I took a long break during part of high school and college, but then I got an Xbox 360, PS3, and into the present. But uh, what are your guys' uh, most, some of your guys' most memorable and memorable games that you, you guys beat or finished, uh, especially at the beginning? What are some of the first games you guys remember completing? I think one of my favorite games, and, and I guess I'll com- combine a couple of things here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my one my favorite game probably of all time, and I absolutely loved playing through the entire game and beating it. Uh, was the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time? That is my favorite video game, hands down. Just all the different temples, uh, all the different side quests and stuff like that. And um, I'm a big Zelda fan, which I feel bad for your dad because all of the of all the Zelda games he could have gotten hooked on he got hooked on freaking Zelda 2 and that's like the that's like the black sheep of 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 all the Zelda games but in any case uh you know such a such an awesome game 
and and the final boss uh, fighting Ganondorf and then fighting Ganon uh, and the, and the fight just escalates more and more and then the the castle starts you know falling apart and you've got to run back down the castle to get out and all that kind of stuff it's just oh, such a satisfying experience and I just and all this all the music in that game um, just it's still stuck to me stuck with me this to to this day and I just love everything about that game it's so good for sure I know for me it was uh I remember a slumber party when we stayed up all night playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 the arcade game and we beat it me and some of my buddies and it was I remember that closing cutscene the credits rolling it was quite the memorable experience but uh why don't we bring things up to the more current times what do you guys play now share about your preferences your current consoles what kind of gaming do you guys get into well for me um i own both a playstation 4 and an xbox one so i primarily play on those systems uh but the uh the most up to up to date games that i play right now are uh, overwatch and madden and PUBG. i'm really looking forward to some of the games coming out this fall as well but those are the ones that i'm playing right now yeah, man, I'm on the I'm on the Overwatch train myself. Uh, I play with with Patrick pretty often, and and some of the other people from the Married to the Games community. And uh, I have a PS4 and an Xbox One, and I also have an SNES SNES Classic. Um, but uh, I I enjoy both consoles. Um, and uh, yeah, Overwatch, PUBG. Uh, I've been really into Spider-Man and Shadow of the Tomb Raider lately, and um, I'm really looking forward to to Blackout, to to Black Ops Four, and, and all that all that stuff as well. Oh, and occasionally I play uh, uh, Call of Duty World War Two because that's what my father-in-law likes to play, and so I'll jump with him, jump in with him from time to time. Yeah, that sounds good. I always love when these questions get to me because I don't really game that often. <laughs> so, uh, what what I typically do is I I do play a little bit of Madden right now. Um, uh, actually, this weekend I was just playing a little bit of Madden. And I was just destroying this person, and I was like, man, this is, I am feeling great about this. And then they asked me to party up, and so I did. And I realized this kid must have been six to eight years old, maybe, and I was just destroying him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I immediately nice. did not feel as good. <laughs> Um, Small victories. But the games I play now are actually kind of, it's kind of funny because me and my friends, will, they'll come over and, uh, you know, we'll have a couple drinks and play video games and stuff. And the game we've been hooked on recently is Call of Duty Black Ops. So like, we are way behind. But what we do is we get on the multiplayer and we play all like the, you know, the crazy, like fun games where it's like one in the chamber. So it's basically like the golden gun from 007, you know, one shot kills oh, yeah. and then it's down to knife battles. So we, nice. uh, you know, we pretty much rage up uh, with that all night. But other than that, pretty much no new games. I actually uh, will probably buy the new Call of Duty when it comes out because uh, I do, I do enjoy those games. Very nice. There you go. Well, I am, uh, I am a unashamed Sony pony. I have PS3, PS4. I even have a good old PlayStation Vita. Um, I do own a Wii, but I, I save the retro and the Nintendo gaming for. Uh, the kids and myself, we do a lot of that together. Uh, I really appreciate Nintendo, but I just I just like that single-player um, 
that just that single player culture uh, in terms of the story, not playing alone. I'm not like I just want to play by myself. Uh, I, I love playing multiplayer games and uh, I love the community and, you know, kind of what Ronnie was talking about earlier with Halo and land parties. Man, I remember doing those two and those were really fun. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Nintendo and trophies, my buddy Ken L at Kenneth DL asked, would you be more likely to play Nintendo games if they had an achievement system? Yes. And to answer your question, yes, <laughs> kind of. I would be more likely to play Nintendo games if they had PlayStation trophy achievements on them. So. Wow. <laughs> Come on. So if, you some, if you could get some good old Mario on PS4, that would be amazing. And I would like, I would play the mess out of that. You truly make me sad. <laughs> uh, I would say I would say no because I'm not I'm not very much of a of a uh, trophy hunter or achievement hunter, whatever you'd like to call it. Uh, I just I mostly I play just to play and I'll play through a a story or or whatever. Um, I, I'm I'm considering platinuming Spider Man. But there Do are it. Things that are are like I don't know if I'm going to be interested in in plugging into all of that, um, just because like I said I'm not a I'm just not a trophy hunter, um, but uh, I may I may do it. But yeah, even if Nintendo, I'm I'm big into Nintendo stuff already. They've already got me hooked, so I don't need I don't need uh, uh, trophies or achievements. All right, fair enough. Uh, Ronnie, how about you? Any achievements? Uh, I am absolutely not a trophy hunter. <clears throat> I <laughs> so it, it's funny when you guys talk about achieving all these, doing all these side missions and stuff. You guys want like the hundred percent completion. I am literally the guy that will get into the story mode of the game, run past all the side missions at full speed, just to get to the end of the game. And as soon as I get to the you end s- of the game, you skip the cutscenes too. I sleep like a baby at night. I don't even care about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, up, oh, beat it, it's over. Oh, it's been. <laughs> so yeah, I am Fair definitely enough. not the trophy hunting type. All right. It's not for everybody, man. <laughs> I don't know what it is. For me, it's just like there's some kind of meta game going on that just adds an extra layer of of enjoyment. You know, it's a mix between I appreciate and, and enjoy the games for themselves, but when you get a little extra trophy with it, a little extra ding, and it kind of shows proof of your progress and what you've accomplished, uh, it just adds to the fun for me. But it's definitely not for everyone. Um, do you guys have any 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 particular games that are just like your favorite of all times? Any any games you want to give a little shout out to? Oh, my favorite game of all time is Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil for PlayStation. Nice. I played I played that uh, probably 15, 20 different times. Not the original one. Every time they made a remake, if they made a remake for GameCube. Uh, remake for PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. Every time they rebooted it and remade it, I played it. And I played each one of those multiple times. Nice. Absolutely love that 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 game. The jump scares, the zombies. I abs- For whatever reason, I absolutely loved it. I don't like any of the new Resident Evils, like the, the more action-oriented. I like the more survival work. Yeah. You have 15 bullets for the entire game kind of thing. And you need run run around try to run past zombies try to keep your health up things like that i, I really like that all right nice ocarina of time hands down mic drop hey lucas what are you into 
What's your favorite? <laughs> that was a nice transition. Uh, for me, uh, I, I have a number of them, and I definitely won't tell all of them, but the most recent one that I really is definitely in my top five of all time is Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Uh, I easily spent over 100 hours uh, getting the platinum in that, and not only was I, you know, just playing the game, but I had a buddy that here in Brazil that he was also playing it, and we would just kind of give war stories back and forth of the things that had happened in the game, and just, I don't know if you guys have played the Metal Gear uh, series, but uh, it's a very convoluted mess that if you try to make sense of the story, for the most part, you're just going to confuse yourself. But Metal Gear Solid Five was just all about like going into a scenario and trying to find out one of the 20 ways you could do something. And oftentimes you would just come up with these crazy stories where like you were going in and you, you missed your target and they were running away and in a helicopter and then you just shot like one last rocket launch just to hopefully get them and you got them with the like like right at the last second and like there's just all these little stories that come from the game that I think are really cool um, the other game I, w I definitely want to uh, you know give a shout out to is Skyrim um, I sank a lot of hours into to that as well um, one of the things that a lot of people have talked about in the past is the character creators uh, that you do at the beginning and speaking of that Tony Mary I just messed up Tony's name sorry Tony Tony May Mayberry, oh my gosh, Tony Mayberry asked, what game in the past or present did you have the most fun with the create a character part? So oh anybody gosh. have experience in <laughs> the a create question. a character? Have some fun in that? The create creating character is, is one of my favorite things to do in games. Uh, I remember back in, I think it was Nintendo 64, it was one of the first games where there were uh, announcers where, where you put in the, the name of your character and they'll actually announce it as you come up to, from the batter's box at home plate. And, but they didn't have our last names. I mean, the, the, the character, my friends at the time was, you know, Novacell, Rifenrath, and Mayberry. So we had to try to select our, our game, our, our, our names to, I don't know, maybe our middle names or something like that. So, one of the one of the, the names that we made was uh, our Tyler Reifenrath. His middle name was Paul. So when the announcers would say the name, you know, they put a lot of the inflection on their first name, also. So when Tyler came up to bat, it was like Tyler Paul, <laughs> 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 and then uh, Tony's we have we put in uh, uh, Tony Tony May. And then also Barry. So it sounded like Tony May Barry. <laughs> Using his middle and name. Then, <laughs> and then for my for me, I don't know why, but my first name was White and my last name was Patrick. <laughs> White, White Patrick? Patrick? Yeah. That's oh, not racist. White Patrick. <laughs> it was just like White Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We uh man that was that was my favorite memory of creating a character. Man, unfortunately, I I d I never really do a whole lot with creative characters. The only the only story I can think of is actually a buddy of mine that he he played so much uh, NBA like NBA 2K like on the Dreamcast and 
and all that kind of stuff. And he would create uh, random players. And he had a couple that he would consistently make across like all the 2K games. Uh, he had a guy named uh, uh, Duncan Rimrocker, which dude was like seven feet tall and had like a the whitest afro you've ever seen. And and then he had he would always have just one guy named Bob in every game <laughs> he would make. And and then also I think he made his mom a few times. <laughs> wow. That's special. I yeah. think when I when I look back at the like create a character like in games, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but we always used to create like the largest possible human being in Madden. Oh, of course. <laughs> and make them our running yes. back. Yes. And they were just like unstoppable. Yes. It was like a giant out there on the field and just running over everybody. Yeah, I remember doing that with one of the baseball games on PS1, I think. I would I would either make them as huge as possible and they would just hit home runs by like breathing on the ball <laughs> or I would make them or I would make them like as short as possible and as small as possible and they didn't have a strike zone, so like they would get walked all the time. Or you like make them super small and then they have all this power so they like destroy the ball and they're like little little midgets running around. It was really cool. Uh, I have to say, Tony. I have to say sorry for messing up your last name, and I'm really sorry that I don't. I don't really care for create a character anymore. Uh, I think back in the day, I enjoyed it kind of like Ronnie did, like just making crazy stuff. But man, now I remember when I first played Skyrim and uh, Fallout Four. Like I always go into, oh, I want to make this character look just like me, and like I get into all the settings, and I'm like, is it this nose or this nose? Is it these eyebrows or these eyebrows? <laughs> and I'm like, this is. I don't. I don't have time for this. I'm a dad with two kids. I got, I got work to do. I can't be spending like an hour trying to make like this perfectly ugly character. So, I, I'm afraid I don't have much in in the realm of creative character stories. All right. Well, since nobody mentioned it, I can't go without sharing a question from Derek Broughton, who said, "Why is WoW the greatest MMORPG of all time?" Anybody? World of Warcraft. Why? Why is it the best? The game the of all greatest time? MMORPG. Oh, the greatest of the gr- all time. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I played that for I think two months. Uh, I don't know. Maybe ten years ago. Like when and, you say uh, two months, yeah, was it two months solid? Like most people that play the game, where they like start and get <laughs> addicted, <laughs> and they don't they don't do anything else, or is it like never leaves the basement? No, yeah, it was more casually because two of my buddies were playing it you know like religiously you know eight hours a day or you know all weekend kind of thing and i would just jump in there like okay maybe i i'll jump in you guys are playing i like playing with you guys let's let's see what see what this is all about and it wasn't for me i'm not i'm not big into the fantasy genre like the the skyrim or the world of warcraft kind of games uh witcher kind of games i i i don't enjoy the fantasy fantasy genre yeah, I don't really enjoy that that style of gameplay. That's just it's just not for me. You know, games like World of Warcraft and even games like similar games like Dota and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, that top-down kind of gameplay um and planning raids and all that kind of stuff. That's just not that's just not who that's not my play style. It's not what I enjoy. Um you know, more power to anybody who enjoys that. But my friend, you are asking the wrong person about that because <laughs> it's just not—that's just not what I'm into. Um, but 
it's definitely got staying power because it's been around for I don't even know how long, at least a decade or more. Yeah, it has been around so. for a really long time. Yeah, and I would say, I would say that's the answer to the question: is the reason it's the greatest. If you know, I I also I've never played the game actually, and I know uh, a good bit about it just from people talking about it, but I don't have any personal experience. But I think because it's lasted for so long, that makes it the greatest of all time. So of at least in realms of MMORPG, which don't ask me to say what that is because I don't remember. Massively multiplayer online role play. Boom. There you go. Boom. Uh, Derek also had two other questions, but I'm not sure I'm going to ask about them because one was about PC gaming. Forget the master <laughs> And the other, and the other is about someone called Bothwell, and, and it seems he he's trying to shame him for being a noob. Anyways, speaking of being shamed, do you guys tell people that you game, or have you ever been ashamed for being a gamer, quote unquote? Maybe when I was a kid. Um, you know, well, not necessarily a kid, but like going into high school and stuff like that, it wasn't as cool to tell people that you played, played video games. Um, and then all of a sudden there was just, just this mass, uh, nerd culture thing that, that came about to where, yeah, I'm not really super ashamed of it anymore because it's just become so acceptable now for, for people my age to game. It's not just a kid's toy. Um, so, yeah, I don't have an issue telling people I game. No, for me, uh, I I used to be used to be not necessarily ashamed, but I wouldn't talk about my gaming habits when I was younger. Now that I've gotten a little bit older, you know, video games have grown up with me. The people who are making video games are now grown up, you know, same age as us now, and they're all doing the same thing. And Esports are getting big, so it's not. It's it like Mark said. It's 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 acceptable now, yeah, that gaming is a part of our culture. It's it's no longer the the Grand Theft. Well, kind of is, but Grand Theft Auto kind of games. There's a there's a lot more gaming now than just shooting or getting around, going around and shooting people. There's a lot more stories. There's a lot more love stories. There's there's things that people connect with and things like that. So I uh. I used to be quote unquote ashamed, but I, I am not ashamed anymore. And I tell people that I, that I'm a gamer. I even have on my board at work that says what what what's what's Pat up to, and a little section underneath that is what am I playing, what games am I playing. So yeah, I'm not ashamed of it. Anymore. Nice. He also has like a giant figurine collection at his desk as well. <clears throat> just to, oh yeah, I'm a super just to super prove super nerd. just to prove that he is not precious ashamed. precious, precious moments. <laughs> I, I would say that I'm I'm not necessarily ashamed either. I think I think when most of us were growing up, there there was a little bit of a stigma like with gamers, like oh, there's nerd gamers, you know, or whatever. Um, but man, it is totally, I mean, totally turned around. I mean, that guy just last week, I can't remember his name, was just on the front page, yeah, Ninja. Just on the front page of ESPN. Um, so I mean, it, that that I mean that shows you how big the turnaround was. Absolutely. Yeah, for me, I don't think I, I really hide it either. I will say I don't go out of my way to be like, hey, I'm a gamer. I play games. Oh, look at me. Look, look, look. <laughs> uh, but I would say that usually I, I talk to people about it when it fits the context, you know, or if people ask. If I know it's going to be like a, a doorway into a, a, a more conversation 
and getting to know them, kind of making them comfortable. You know, because when you, f- when you discover that somebody play games, there's like a camaraderie there sometimes where you're like, oh, you play PS4, what do you like to play? And it, it can lead to other conversations and really uh, help kind of be an icebreaker. So I definitely look for ways to, to talk sure. about it like that. Um, other, other aspects of gaming in our day and age is uh, it's not cheap. And I think more games are coming out now every week than have ever come out. Yeah. So uh, Arctic Warlocks, at Arctic Warlocks, wanted to ask, with the yearly fall lineup of AAA games upon us, I see a lot of games that I would love to play, but only tend to buy two around this time due to money. One single-player game and one multiplayer game. How do you handle your fall gaming purchases? What factors into the decision other than platform? Well, for me, it really depends on what is coming out because, like like he said, there's only so many games you can play. There's only so many, so much money that you have. There's only so much time you have in, in your life, especially for those of us with kids. Um, that you know, a lot of a lot of it, our time is taken up with our family time, with our sports, with our extracurricular activities that we do. So there's only so many games that you play. So, and games aren't games aren't cheap. I mean, they're they're sixty bucks when they come mm-hmm. out. So you really have to. For for me, I really have to pick and choose what kind of games I play. I don't necessarily go with one single player or one multiplayer. Um, I pick the games that really speak to me. So like the 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 newest game that came out is Tomb Raider. Um, I really really want to play that, but there's also a couple games coming out in October. We got the Call of Duty game, and then we have Red Dead Redemption Two. So those are the two games that I'm going going to play. I know there's so many other other games that are going to come out, but with games also with games coming out, I mean they're getting bigger, they're getting larger, the maps are getting bigger. There's more more things to do nowadays within games. It's not just a story. It's not just a, a game. I mean it's a war. It's an absolute world. So I try to limit my games only because I just don't have time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I the, the main thing for me is you know, I pretty much know, you know, the coming year for games like what games I know I'm going to play. I, I know interest me. Um uh, you know, I have a couple of a couple of games that you know, they might intrigue me a little bit and um you know, if they're not as expensive or there's some sort of a sale, then I'll I'll look look into it, but you know there are games out there like when I look at trailers and stuff like that, I was like, okay, I want to play that for sure, and that's usually a very small amount, um, so I I, I kind of have to, you know, space my purchases out a lot. Sometimes I've had to, you know, trade in stuff uh, to be able to to purchase uh, games, older games, or I mean, I'll I'll trade in older stuff to to get get or at least put money towards new games and that kind of stuff um because otherwise you know a lot of the games the older games that i have that were like physical copies even though yeah i know some places like to really rip you off i won't name any names but uh you know older games that just sort of sit there on the shelf otherwise and so might as well trade that stuff in towards new games um, but yeah, usually I end up only having like maybe three or four games that like I really want to play. So it's, it's already kind of limiting, limiting to me. So 
Yeah, I'm, uh, again, the center for gaming on this podcast. I pretty much buy whatever games that Patrick tells me is good to get online and play with him. <laughs> so usually we uh, we end up online. I mean, the last game I bought was PUBG, and I uh, ended up playing that for a little while with Patrick and Mark. Nice. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's watch and wait. Watch and wait for that really, really, really good sale. Uh, physical games are not an option for me. Uh, I do not have a six-figure uh, salary down here in good old Brazil. And uh, games cost, as everything else I said before, they cost more. And so it's just not feasible for me to, to purchase. So we do a lot of game sharing. There's people, friends that I have here that we trade off games. And, and the few games that I do buy new, I let them borrow and they let me borrow games. Uh, we do some digital sharing. Uh, and then I just do sales. And so I have to be patient. I think the last game that I played, uh, that I bought and played, almost brand new was uncharted four um that was two years Mm -hmm. ago i think um so other than that it can it can definitely you you definitely have to unless you have a really good job or have a lot of extra income uh you really have to plan it out if you really like video games because it it is not cheap whatsoever um speaking of the rest of 2018 as arctic warlocks was asking about uh, Shelter 4000 at Sheldor 40001 asked in the upcoming games which are the most which which are you most excited for and are you more of a pre-ordering guy or wait till it drops in price? Well, I know for me I already answered I am not a pre-order guy. I wait till it drops in price. Um, in terms of what I'm excited for the rest of the year, uh. I can't even think off the top of my head, like other than Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed, I'm not going to buy those. So I, I think Spider-Man's the game I'm most excited to when I go to the U.S. to get Spider-Man. So uh, that's what game I'm excited for, but that's already come. Yeah. So you guys could maybe answer that question better than myself. Yeah, well, for me, uh, I wait. I wait until reviews really come up until I either pre-order a game if the reviews come out early or I wait until the game actually drops and the reviews come out because I, what I like to do is I like to uh, see how the game does, what people like, what people don't like uh, before I actually purchase a game. I'm not a really a pre-order kind of guy. Uh, but if I don't, uh, like I said, like I have to pick and choose what kind of games I, I, I play. So when I do get the games, uh, the games that I've missed, they will by the time I have time to play those games, they will have come down in price. So I kind of do both. For me, the one game that I'm looking at is is obviously uh, Call of Duty with the Black Ops Four and the Blackout. Um, pre-ordering for me is kind of dependent upon uh, pre-order incentives. Like uh, for example, if they happen to have a beta that I want to be a part of, uh, like they did with Black Ops. Um, with the multiplayer beta and the the blackout beta um, those are mainly the times that I'll pre-order that or if it's a game that I just I, I know I'm gonna get and sometimes I'll, I'll do you know places like GameStop they do their like quote-unquote midnight releases and, and I may do that if I'm really excited for a game but um, I don't pre-order very often uh, but yeah, that's me. Ronnie, how about you? Well, I have uh, never pre-ordered a game in my life. 
And there it is. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much uh, where it all ends for me, right there. <laughs> I learn a lot with you guys. Not much more to say about that. <laughs> uh, beyond 2018, guys, uh, Melanie Novosel, uh, she, she wants to know this. Uh, she said, we've recently seen VR come into the gaming world. What do you think the next futuristic type gaming will be like? Holograms? Have they started working on that yet? Who wants to wow, that's a, educate? That's a good. That's, that's a, a good question. Good questions um, indeed. Really, really good question. Uh, what's Quit VR? sucking up what's to your there? wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the best question I mean, I've heard all day. <laughs> Fine, you take it. You're first. Go. Come on, you go ahead, Patrick. I was just messing with you. No. Okay. So, so we'll start with VR. Uh, VR, I think, is a side character to the actual gaming genre uh, because when you put on the VR hat you are shut off from the rest of the world you can't see what's going on be, be around you there's really no multiplayer like couch co-op or anything like that where people want to play with other people it's more of a single uh, person experience so I don't see VR really taking off in the way it is right now the what i see going forward is more of the augmented or mixed reality kind of thing where you won't you won't need like a, a vr goggles you'll need more like what i what i envision is something like where you have like a pair of like reading glasses or or, or some sort of glasses where you can see stuff around you and you can be in a world without being shut off from, from the world, if that makes any sense. I think that's where, where we, we will be heading. Um, if that's a hologram, if that's something that you only need your phone for, if that's something that you can do, not just own, not just in your living room, but out, out in the world, I think that's where um, we will be heading. I will, I will say this. Uh, my wife, for my 30th birthday, she took me um, to uh, this place in North Carolina that's called Shift. And Shift was a VR arcade, and they they had it set up. Uh, each they had it set up in like their own isolated booths, uh, where it was like a small square space, um, where you had just enough room to be able to you know move around and stuff and not. And the nice thing was they were all fitted with uh, HTC Vives, which is kind of like a higher end VR. And the the HTC Vive it. It sort of tells you when you're getting close to a wall, like you'll see this yellow grid pop up, so that way you're not running into walls and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I went and I played with my my wife, and I was skeptical about VR, but that pretty much sold me on VR because I had so much fun. Uh, we played uh, I don't even remember the name of a game the game, but it was a it was a zombie uh, shooting game where you know. It's very like next level House of the Dead. If you if you remember the House of the Dead uh, shooter game that you'd see in like the arcade all the time, but it was such a fun experience to me. Um, whether it has staying power, I don't know. Those those trends sometimes tend to move like the wind, but you know, it's it's I I was definitely sold on the potential for it and how how cool it is. Um, where I think gaming would, would go in terms of, you know, futuristic is, is more so 
and I think it may be closer future than we think, is games as a service, uh, streaming and stuff like that. Now, granted, you know, there are a lot of places around the world, around the country, and that kind of stuff that they don't have the best internet. But, you know, I I think that's where we're going, is, is kind of like a Netflix kind of subscription kind of thing, just because people are wanting, like, a la carte type stuff where they can just... They don't have to go to a store. They can just go and stream it or download it and, and just play. I think Microsoft, to that end, it really has something going with their Game Pass. That's um, a really good idea. And I think I think we're, they're really going in that direction. And that's where I, I think the future is going. But with VR, I don't know. It's too early to tell, I think. I think they're going to adjust with VR. Uh, I agree with Pat in the sense that the way the way VR is right now and where it's very f- uh, single-player focused and you do shut yourself off when you put on the the, the VR hat, um, that definitely is, is limiting, and I don't think that's very um, attractive to a lot of people. But I've, I, I think that they're expanding that, and they're doing more multiplayer now. Uh, I heard about a game... Uh, I think last week, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a, it's like a real multiplayer shooter, and uh, it's apparently really fun, and it does involve a lot of people like playing against each other, playing with each other. Uh, there's a lot more multiplayer interaction, and I think as uh, some uh, other video game podcasters and um, you know, as I've heard some other people mention that VR is really going to take off when it expands beyond video games, when it gets more into giving people an experience you know people who maybe could never travel could could see another part of the world in vr and be able to experience it without having to leave their home and i think in terms of i think that's just going to make it even bigger in video games and it's going to kind of go back and forth to where you know vr is i think going to be the bigger of the two Uh, i also can see where you know augmented reality can definitely be a, a really cool thing uh, but I see that more as video game centered, whereas VR is probably going to expand beyond video games and is going to reach a lot of different realms of life like like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. so do you guys have any uh, closing thoughts, any musical, inspirational, any, any things you want to share before we sign off for the evening? Yes, I have one as well. Uh, so I kind of think we should always just allow people behind the scenes look at what's going on here. And I have to say that we're looking at uh, – basically all of us are looking at each other except for Mark. Mark is looking at all of us, and we're looking at a picture of him and his wife, which is lovely. But Shout out the to longer Ms. Boucher. <laughs> shout out to Ms. Boucher. The longer the podcast goes, <laughs> the bigger Patrick's hair gets. <laughs> oh, I wish everyone and could see it. towards the end of the podcast, it is way up there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> He's like fro status. Got Marge hair. <laughs> like we don't even need to keep time. We could just keep time based on what his hair is doing. Yeah, phases of Patrick Novosel's hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like phases of the moon almost. That's yeah. all for inspirational thoughts for me, though. Nice, I like it. <laughs> Um, I will say, uh, for me, um, I got a couple of, of, of songs that you could add to your your morning playlist. Um, 
and also just to just to let people know we actually have our own uh, spotify playlist uh it's called the good morning guys morning playlist and uh, as uh, episodes come out and i happen to mention my picks for uh, the morning playlist i will add them to the morning playlist and uh, you can actually search that check it out cool man and, uh, you can make it a part of your morning um so first of all happy uh, one hit wonder national one hit wonder day uh which if you're not familiar with uh, what a one hit wonder is it's usually uh, a musical artist that has a major hit within the top 10 i want to say in terms of like billboard charts and, and stuff like that and uh so for me, one that I would add to our morning playlist is actually from a band called The Buggles, and it's a song called Video Killed the Radio Star. Uh, it's an 80s tune, and uh, and I'm sure people are scratching their heads like, what? I don't Who is that? Well, they were, they, obviously they were a one-hit wonder. They only had one famous song, but also... They're, they're actually better known for being having the first music video to be played on MTV when on on its launch day. That was the very first music video that they played was for the song Video Killed the Radio Star. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, uh, another another song I would uh, I would add to the playlist is a song called Windows Are Rolled Down by a guy named Amos Lee. Uh, it's just very chill acoustic artist. Check him out; he is awesome. And uh, and then the third song that I would add for this week is probably uh, a song from Phil Wickham. Uh, he's one of my favorite like Christian like worship artists, and uh, it's a song called uh, "Great Things." Um, so check it out. I'm gonna add those to the playlist and. Uh, I hope you enjoy them. Cool. Cool, man. Pat, you got anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, I have something. Um, something that I like to see because not a lot of times when we are in a workplace in our personal lives that we encourage one another. Uh, we are more willing to uh, break people down, uh, sit behind uh, you know a digital facade via social media, tell people what they're doing wrong the way they look, the way they act, what their opinions are. What I want to say is we need to turn that around. We need to actually encourage one another because words have the power to change someone's day. If you tell someone's, someone that they did a good job or I like, the, I like, I like your shoes or you know your hair looks good today or so, something that makes someone smile, we need to do that. Um, we need to be kind to one another just as Christ did, did for us. Um, one of the famous quotes out there by Mother Teresa, she says, the kind words are short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Meaning the more, the more uh, you bring someone up, the happier they're going to be. They're going to remember when you say something nice about them. It really does go a long way, not only for that day, but that could be for weeks, months, years to come. For if you just do something nice to, nice to someone. So please just, just encourage someone. That's great, man, for sure. I think we can all... We can all try a little harder to encourage people. You know, I'd say in connecting it with our topic today, I feel like there's a greater number of people that are part of the video game community, that, that game, that uh, they're a lot more positive. You know, I think many years ago I got away from multiplayer games because I guess felt like every time I got online to play Halo Reach or something like that, 
I was listening to an 11-year-old kid say lots of words that I didn't really want to hear. And so uh, video games and the video game community, people have come a long way, and it's just so awesome to see uh, people streaming video games and at the same time connecting with other people, encouraging each other, and uh, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing, man. Well, that's all for today. I think the, we're going we're gonna to shut it off there. Uh, if you listeners would like to communicate back with us, have some fun and serious conversations, there are a number of ways you can go beyond listening. You guys can subscribe and, of course, keep downloading our weekly podcast every Thursday morning on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You could also rate us on iTunes because nothing gives that extra, uh, that much-needed extra life, like a nice review and some stars. And you are, of course, welcome to connect with us as a podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at the Good Morning Guys or at the GMG Podcast. And also, personally, you can find us at Nova Beyond on Twitter. Ronnie Johannes, Twitter. Music829 on Twitter. And for me, at MTTG Brazil Team on Twitter. Um, so, all right, my podcasting brothers, our dear listeners, friends, and family, go get your good morning this week. May God bless and guide you your lives as you work and live and game. Ciao. See you next week as we will be coming at you live from the USA, baby. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. One, two, three, four.